Well, this morning, uh, I planned this sermon about two and a half, three months ago uh, for this date, and um, we're going to talk about healing today, and uh, that's kind of ironic as uh, one of our dear families, uh, we lost a dear member of our family, LaDonna Holly, this week, and her family is even in this service now, and uh, as we talk about this, uh, this is a subject I think of all of, all of us think about at some point, uh, think about how does this work, what is God doing, what is he not doing, and there are a couple things I, I want to share with you as we get into this. First of all, uh, you know, there are three ways that God heals. There's immediate healing, there's gradual healing, and there's ultimate healing. And when I say immediate, we're going to look at the Gospels here. We're going to see how Jesus immediately healed people uh, several times. And we see, if you went and studied Mark's Gospel, which if you're reading through the Bible, you'll soon be reading through that if you haven't already started as, you, as we're reading through the Gospels. Um, Mark, we see that Jesus immediately heals people, but then he starts to, he starts to pull himself away. Because why? Because he said, I, I, he didn't come to be just a healer. He came to preach the gospel. That was the intent. That was the purpose for which he came. And so as we talk about this, that's why you see Jesus was healing in fulfillment of prophecy. And we see that he is divine. He is the God of the universe, the compassionate God of the universe. But sometimes he did it immediately when he was here on earth. But often we see it happen gradually. And then sometimes it's ultimately. Now, let's talk about something for just a second. Because I think, it's, I think we need to understand a couple of terms here as we get into it. And there are two terms, two types of healing that we often hear about. The first one is called divine healing. Divine healing. Now, what do I mean by divine healing? Well, I mean this. Divine healing is healing that is occurred uh, strictly and solely because of God, through God Almighty. In other words, through the prayers of his children, through the prayers of his people, he may heal someone of a sickness, of a disease, or of an addiction, uh, however he may choose to do it. But it is solely through the power and the authority of God Almighty. That's divine healing. Now, again, these are just terms. Uh, the next one, I don't like this term, um, but we use it, I'm, I'm using it because this is the one that we hear in our culture, in our society quite often, and it's called faith healing. Now, and the reason I don't like the term is because I don't like, I feel like the word faith has gotten robbed right here, and it means something else in, in many instances. And what I mean by faith healing is when we believe that an individual is responsible for the healing. In other words, somebody prays a prayer or does something, they pray over a person, and, through, and because of what they pray, because of what they did, the person is healed. All right? Now, I want to tell you, and I, I, we can talk about this later because I know there are many people. There was a man in our last service uh, that this was a difficult for. I, I personally believe in divine healing. I, I don't see faith healing today. I'm not saying that God, when we pray over people, that sometimes people don't get healed. I'm not saying God sometimes doesn't use people, uh, maybe even a couple of times to pray over someone and get healed, but there's no one that every time they pray, that they're the miracle worker, that every time they pray a miracle, it happens. There's no one walking on the water today, quite frankly. No one's turning water into wine today, okay? Uh, but there are, sometimes God does choose 
through the gift. And by the way, the spiritual gifts are always for the purpose of glorifying God in the edification of the body. That's the only reason miracles occur today, through the power and the Spirit of God, for His glory. They're never the individual. The individual's never supposed to profit from it. Uh, we don't hire miracle uh, guys to come in or miracle women, whatever they are, okay? Uh, maybe you do. Uh, and I'm just telling you, you know what? You, that's, that's your position. That's okay. I think you're wrong, but that's all right. And you can come talk to me about it, all right? I'm, we're free to talk about it. But I believe all healing is ultimately divine healing. That's what it is, okay? Through the Spirit of God, by the power of God, for the glory of God. Not by an individual, not because he has a special talent, uh, not because uh, he, this is what he's supposed to do for a living, okay? Sometimes God does that in, in a lot of the spiritual gifts. He comes in and he works through an individual. He works through somebody's prayers at a time, once, twice, maybe three times. Um, but again, this is my personal perspective. And since I'm the pastor, I felt that I needed to share it with you, okay? So when we're talking about healing today, we're talking about divine healing, healing by the Spirit and the power of God. He sometimes works through people's prayers, but often he works in spite of us, not because of us. Now, with that said, one of the things that you'll notice when, with everybody that Jesus heals is there's always two components. One is there's always this desperation or humility or recognition of need. There's always a recognition of their need. And number two, uh, there is a belief, a faith proponent. And by the way, that's how we all come to salvation. We all come to salvation. We all come to Christ because we recognize our need. You can't come to Christ if you don't recognize your sinner. You don't recognize your need. That's, that's a requirement. You have to recognize the need. And number two, that you're, you believe who he says he is, and then he has the power to forgive to save you, okay? So that's, that's a prerequisite for salvation, and we see that same model used here in Scripture. And just a moment now. Uh, we're going to look at one of the stories, Matthew chapter 8. You just saw the same version in Mark chapter 1. But we're going to look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4, and you're going to see a story of Jesus healing. Now, this is a description of a healing. Description. It is not a prescription. In other words, you plug these in, you put this code in, and then you get the result. Jesus, I think on purpose... He doesn't seem to ever do it the same way twice, all right? We'll see how he handles this instance. Another time, somebody just reaches up and grabs the hem of his garment. They're healed. Another time, Jesus kneels down in the dirt and spits in his hand and makes clay and puts it upon someone's eye. I mean, he does, another time, he rebukes the spirit. He does it different pretty much every time he heals. That right there tells me there's not a prescription. It's why? Because it's the divine God of the universe. It's divine healing through Jesus Christ. That's, that's who's doing it. It's Jesus healing. All right. And so as the divine God of the universe, uh, that's the way he chooses us. And so there are descriptions of all the different ways he did. I think one of the reasons he did that, so we wouldn't come up with this little prescription and say, boom, 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 boom. With that said, we're going to look at how it occurred. And I think there are things we can still glean from that. And we can still learn as we look at uh, healing today and as we look at what transpires here. So if you have your Bibles, look with me and we are going to look at Matthew chapter 8 beginning with verse 
1. Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. And when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him. All right, now, now look what's transpired here. Let's talk about this for just a moment. So Jesus has come down from the mountain. Great crowds have followed him. Beginning in verse 2. And behold, a leper. Now, first of all, a leper. We know leper. They are skin disease. It's the most dreaded skin disease you could have. I had a chance to go to a leprosy colony in Hawaii about 15 years ago before they shut it down. And um, now, you know, we, we pretty much have cured it. We've got a medication. Somebody who gets it, they can't reverse the effects, but they can stop it. But then there was no medication. There was nothing they could do. It was a dreaded, terrible disease. And you basically rotted away till, till you died is basically the way it it worked. And so it was a terrible thing. You, you couldn't be within 10 feet. Some would even say further. You were supposed to announce that you were unclean. You were outcast from the city. It's just a hard, hard disease. And it's the most dreaded disease probably of Jesus's time. And this leper who's on the outcast, who's on the out, you know, he's in, he's been outcast from society. He's not in with people. He's had to leave his family. He's begging for scraps that to be thrown to him. He comes to Jesus. He approaches Jesus. This leper approaches Jesus. So one of the things we see right here, before we can know healing, we have to approach Jesus. We have to not get into that mindset where we go, well, others, you know, others prayed and nothing happened, or what if it doesn't happen? He approaches Jesus, and the Bible says that he knelt before him. He knelt. That, that's our word for worship. He kneels. He bows before him in a spirit of worship. And I believe for healing to transpire, worship's always going to be a component because it's about the praise and glory of God. And he says, Lord, he recognizes him as Lord. He recognizes his authority. He recognizes him uh, as the, the Messiah who's come. He says, if you will, he, he recognizes, Lord, you have this power. You can make me clean. Now, that's prophetic. He wasn't talking about spiritual healing right here. But that's exactly, I think, what we can understand God to mean is that he is going to make him clean and that that's exactly what God does. When we approach Jesus and we worship, we kneel before him, we recognize who he is, we believe in his power and we ask him to make us clean, the greatest rescue that ever happens to us, the greatest gift that can ever be given to us is salvation. And so that's as this individual, this leper calls out. He says, Lord, you can make me clean. And, and what happens? And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. There'd probably been not anybody touch him in years, in a long, long time. He had not been touched because of this disease. No one wanted to get it. Everyone dreaded it. But Jesus touches him. Can I tell you this, my friend, that when we humble ourselves and we reach out to Jesus and we ask him to touch us, that he always does. He touches us spiritually. He touches us with salvation when we recognize our need and we call out to him for salvation. When we are suffering uh, with disease, when we are suffering emotionally and spiritually, when we call out to him, you know what I believe? I believe he always touches us. Do you always see that? No. Sometimes he touches us just in the spirit of prayer. Sometimes just in our spirit. Sometimes it's through the body of Christ. But when we call unto the name of the Lord, when we believe and call on his name, he always touches us. And that's exactly what Jesus does here. He touches this man. And he says immediately his leprosy was cleaned, cleansed. Remember we talked about that a while ago. Sometimes healing takes place immediately. And that's what we typically want. That's what we're, we're usually praying. We're saying, God, I want healing. 
I want to be healed immediately. But you know what? In the economy of God, that's rarely how it happens. And, I don't, and I'm not just talking about healing. I'm talking about in your life. When you pray, and God, God I've, got, I've got a financial burden. It's not usually just, okay, here's $100,000. God, I need a job. Here's a job. There's usually a process. Lord, we re- we're a young couple and we really want a child. Thank goodness he didn't just pop one to us. You know, he, it's like a 10-month process you go through at least. You know what I mean? Gee, there's a time, there's a gradual process till we're ready till the appointments of time, uh, so to speak. And so uh, that's typically how it happened. But Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. He is fulfilling who he is. He's moved with compassion. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded for proof of them. Now, once someone was healed, uh, whether it was gradual or whether it was immediate, it normally would have been gradual, uh, they were to go and show themselves to the priests so they could be reacclimated into the community. You couldn't just run back in. You had to be, so to speak, you had to be proven or tested or cleared by the priest. And so that was part of the Levitical law. So that's what they're supposed to do. And so Jesus is still fulfilling the law. He tells them to go and show yourself to the priest. All right, that's what you're supposed to do. So we see this description of how Jesus healed. And in these, many of these cases, it was immediate. But here's something to remember, a couple things to remember. First of all, um, I want you to know, in not every situation do you pray, is God does God always heal? We know that. I just shared a story. Uh, we prayed for LaDonna many times. Uh, there are many others in our church that we've prayed for multiple times. There are two men in this service right now that they had stage four cancer and they were prayed for, and they did, even though the doctors had told them there's no hope for you. And God has healed them, and they are here. But often, that doesn't work that way. Now, in each one of those cases, by the way, there's a gradual effect on it. But here's what we need to remember. Regardless of how that works out, God is still good. God is still good. And remember this. God does, always does three things for the believer. He's going to do three things for you. He's going to do three things every time we can know this for the believer. All right? The first one is, is that God is always, whoever calls out to him and asks him uh, for his mercy, he rescues he rescues him. He rescues us from our sin. He rescues, rescues us from the penalty of our sin. So God rescues us. He doesn't always rescue us from disease, but he always res- rescues us spiritually. So we call out and we ask God to rescue. And just like those in Houston, many of them were waiting to be rescued this week. There are people in Beaumont waiting to be rescued for someone to come and rescue them. Now, did that fix everything? No. It's a temporary reprieve. But the second thing that God always does for the believer in Christ Jesus is that he redeems. So some of those who were rescued, you know what they did? I've heard story over story. Matter of fact, a gentleman was sharing me earlier, uh, a friend of his churches, that even after they were rescued, they lost everything. They were out helping others. They were out rescuing others. Uh, My brother and and some others are going back today, and uh, they will redeem what they can. And many will re- go back to their home in the weeks to come, and they'll try to redeem. And then lastly, the, rest, the process of restoration will restart, of restoration. Now, in God's economy, I think we need to see healing like restoration. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about healing, restoration. What does that mean? 
it means that ultimately God's going to restore us to what we were supposed to be. So when we pray for healing, what we're really praying is, God, you intended for us to live a life and to live on an earth that was untainted by sin. And we're asking you to restore us to what you originally intended. So we know God is good, but the problem is, secondly, that sin has entered into our world. Because of the fall, because of our sin, there is disease. Because of our sin, there is death, there is suffering. So God is good, but sin has come into the equation world, and it's caused disease and death. But thirdly, we know God will ultimately restore. He will ultimately restore. He will ultimately heal. So understanding that, I think, is important for us to see. And how does that work? How does God do that? Well, uh, I mentioned to you earlier, um, I want to, for just a second, I want to talk about this. I mentioned to you earlier, um, uh, Daryl and Cody, LaDonna, the Holly family. And, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anybody, uh, a woman with more faith. Every time I went over there, she was reading her Bible or somebody was quoting scripture to her, and she was believing in faith. And this was an 18-month process. And we talked last week about the perseverance of the saints. You want to know, like if if somebody said, how do you know if someone's a Christian? And ultimately, only God knows. I'd go, I know this woman was a Christian. (laughs) You know, I I know. She never stopped believing, no matter how bad the pain was. I I know. The rest of you people, I don't know about. I, I know about her, okay? I know. Now, what impact did that have? Well, here's what's interesting. So I go over there Thursday. Daryl calls me. And so went over and visited for a little bit. I said, I'm going to go get you some food. So I leave and I go get some food. And while I'm there, I run into a man who lost his wife two years ago and his children. And his name's Glenn. And we start to talk. And then another man comes up who lost his wife. And we start visiting for a while. And we start talking about that. And it's kind of a ministry experience for them because they're reliving. Then I'm talking to Daryl later, and he talks about another man in our church who lost his wife, and his three kids are here today. And he talks about how some of the things that he told him helped him. And what is he doing? His name's Greg. God is redeeming that pain. He's redeeming that pain. He's using it. He's doesn't, God does not have to waste anything in his economy. He's redeeming it. He's using it to minister. Then later on that evening, uh, the next evening, on Friday evening, after she had passed away, um, I'm at the house. And first of all, we'll go into the house. I'm with Destin, our student ministry. And their son Cody says, Mom is finally healed. She's healed. She's ultimately healed. I told you, now I told you before about the perseverance of the saints. That doesn't happen without a mother with real faith, without parents with real faith. That didn't happen. It was, it was powerful. We're there, we're praying, we're talking over things, and one of the young men, one of the teenage boys comes in. He was the son of one of the other ladies who had passed away. His name's Caleb. He's there to encourage and to minister. Matter of fact, he's been working in Houston now, he's come up here. God's redeeming. God's redeeming. God rescues for the believer. He always redeems. And ultimately, he will restore. Every one of those ladies, every one of those individuals, 
God has fully restored. We prayed that they'd be healed. We prayed they'd be complete. They have no joy. And the Bible tells me in Revelations 21, 4, you know what's happening right now? No tears, no sadness, only joy and bliss. The life that God intended for us to live and to know. And they had been praying it, and, and it wasn't the healing that we were asking for. But God ultimately healed. And more than that, you know what he did? He ultimately redeemed. And he'll continue to redeem. Daryl made this quote. Matter of fact, I ordered the book, Daryl. Hey, don't waste your cancer. <laughs> don't waste your cancer. And, uh, and as I was looking through that, I was thinking, you know, that's exactly what y'all have done. And God is using that. Uh, people are going to come to know Christ. People are going to glorify God. Because why? Because someone suffered. They had a disease. And the world would say, that's then, that's terrible. And it was. But God said, but you know what? I'm going to use this. And I'm preparing you. As their family said, I'm preparing you and I'm going to use this. And I, the way God's going to get the most glory. You know, God's glorified when people are here. Don't get me wrong. Definitely. And we pray that. And we're going to pray that. We can continue to pray that people be healed. But you know, there are some people who lost a loved one and God didn't heal. And there are going to be others that didn't heal. And you know what's going to minister to them the most? Not you who got the healing and they didn't. You who suffered were faithful and still glorified God. That's the perseverance. That's the believers in Christ Jesus. That's the picture of Christ Jesus right now. We pray, Lord, I want to be like you. Lord, I want you to use me. God, make me a testimony. God, make me a blessing. And sometimes that is hard Sometimes we don't know what we're praying, and God chooses to use in a mighty and powerful way. I say that to say, when tragedies come, when the hurricanes come, realize God heals in multiple ways, but it's always for his glory. And it's not going to be our ways, it's not going to be our thoughts, but it doesn't mean that he's not God and that he's not in control, that he's not using it. And he sees the big picture. You know, it's like watching a football game. And it's like you plug in and you only see like the first quarter. And it looks like your team's getting beat. And if you're like me, sometimes if it's too much, I just turn it off. Because I don't want to watch that. I don't want to waste my time seeing somebody I really like get beat. So I just turn it off. And you know what's happened? There have been multiple times. Matter of fact, i got a friend in this church to tell you. There have been multiple times, especially with the old Dallas Cowboys. I just turn it off. And they came back and won. Now, how did that happen? It looked like they were beat. This is the end. I'm not going to put myself through this. This is awful. I'm not going to watch them play anymore. I'm not today anyway. I'm done. And so I leave and I quit. I just think, man, this stinks. But you know what happened? I didn't watch the whole game. I only could see a piece. And today we only see the first quarter. There's a whole other half coming. There's a whole other three quarters coming. And there's some great things that can transpire. And ultimately... We win. Those who believe and know him as Lord and Savior, we will be together and we will be together in perfect perfection in a land, in a place where God's going to recreate the earth and it will be perfect as he designed it to be. And he will fully and ultimately heal the life that you've always dreamed, the life that you've always wanted, that's longing in your heart. They've grasped it. They've embraced it. And we wait until that day when God blows the horn. And he says, all right, everybody out of the pool. Those who know me as Savior, let's go. And I'm so thankful.
that I know the Savior. I'm so thankful. Well, Donna knows the Savior. I'm so thankful that those of you who call yourselves believers know the Savior. And we don't know what holds the future, but we, we don't know what's going to be in the, in the immediate future, but we know ultimately who holds the future and holds our plan. And we trust in him. So this is what I want to do this morning. I believe that God still heals. And I believe he has the power to heal. Whether that be immediately, gradually, or ultimately. But this morning I want to pray for healing. If you're here this morning, and whether it's sickness or disease, whether it's emotional, spiritual, financial, I want to pray. I want us to pray God's power and his spirit upon you of healing. That's what I want to ask. And uh, if you're here and you're going to be willing to do that, I'm going to encourage you in just a moment to respond. And we're going to have people here to pray for you. You can come and just let them pray. If you're, maybe it's someone in your family that you want to come on behalf of, and they are suffering mightily. And you want to come and say, I am asking God to heal. I am asking him to rescue them now or gradually heal. But I, regardless, I want him to redeem and to restore Maybe you need to pray for their salvation. Whatever God is calling you to do to see healing transpire, I want to invite you to come in just a moment. If you would, let's pray together. Father, as we come into this time of prayer, Lord, we pray that you would use it for your glory. For those who are suffering this morning, for those who need strength, for those who need power, for those who need healing from sickness, from disease, from emotional uh, instability, from bitterness. God, from those who are struggling financially, for those with their children, with their marriage. God, whatever that may be, Lord, we ask and we come humbly. Lord, each time you healed, it had two characteristics. First, they were desperate. They recognized their need. Number two, they believed. And so, Lord, we come today in recognition of our need, and we believe that you are the God of the universe who can heal all things. And so we are asking you to do this for your glory, and that's why we do this this morning as we take this step of faith for your glory, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite our musicians. We're going to have a little song that's going to be playing. I'm going to invite our ministers and our leaders to come on forward. If you're a small group leader or a prayer leader, uh, prayer, part of the prayer team, minister, I'm going to ask you to come forward at this time. And if you're here this morning and you need prayer, if you need God to touch you, if you need God to move in you, if you need the, to sense and experience the power of God, I want to ask you to come and let us pray healing. Let us pray his power. Let us pray his strength over you at this time. As God leads, you come if you need prayer. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are the God who sees us. You are the God who rescues us. You are the God who redeems our pain, our suffering, our loss. But most of all, you are the God who restores, who will make all things right, one day, you are the God who can immediately or gradually or ultimately heal. And so, Lord, I pray for those who've come today, for those who are suffering today, I pray your strength, your power, your healing emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Lord, we believe it's only through you and your spirit that people are healed. And God, we cry out as intercessors, as people who recognize our great need, but that you are great God. So, Lord, we ask that you would heal.
those who have come. That you would redeem those who have have lost. And Lord, we look forward as believers to the day that you restore ultimately. Thank you, God, that great is your grace and great is your faithfulness. And if there's one that doesn't know you today, I pray, Lord, that they would come and they would be healed. That they would be rescued. Thank you, Lord, for your great grace. Amen.